from Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 194. Today's show is brought to you by ButcherBox and PDF Pen 10 from Smile. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Federico Vatici. Ciao, Federico. Ciao, Mike. How are you? I'm good. It's just the two of us today. Um, Stephen is mm-hmm. out on assignment today. Uh, some kind oh, yeah? of secret project uh, is my understanding. He's always he's always up to something. That guy. Yeah, you can't trust him. Uh, I I think he's I think he's uh, jacket shopping for our live show. He's been he's been buying clothes lately, like fancy clothes. He's been buying lots of clothes. Yeah, he is. He's a he's a changed man. Maybe he's having some kind of midlife crisis. Maybe he's gonna buy a Ferrari next. Three quarter life crisis. He's old. Remember. <laughs> Uh, Our last week's show, we introduced the life-changing for all of us, uh, Federico Vatici, Tici Leak Scale. The Tici Leak Scale was introduced. Um, And the wonderful Kate, uh, who is at RHL underscore underscore on Twitter, she drew it up for us in beautiful, just, it's wonderful. So I'm going to put it in... uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can go look at Kate's uh, interpretation of the Tichi scale. What do you think? Where does where does Kate's interpretation of the Tichi scale rank on the Tichi scale? Uh, this is obviously a best I love you um, level. Uh, mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's a, uh, the colors are perfect. The little icons that indicate the uh, the extremes. So there's nightmare. It's a bat. It could have been a spider too, because I, I don't like spiders. But a bat is also fine. Mm-hmm. And there's a blue heart um, on the right side where the best comma "I love you" uh, is placed. Uh, this is this is uh, the perfect representation of my TGLIC scale or TLS, the as TLS. Uh, friends call it. Yeah. As, uh, I until I saw this, I had forgotten that inferior minus and good plus existed. <laughs> I'd forgotten about those, <laughs> uh, but yes, I like those very much on the scale. Um, I mean, of course, yeah. Uh, so we are happy to announce that the TG Leak Scale system, the TLS system, has been uh, franchised out to other parts of our empire. And mm-hmm. you may remember last year we did the Happyometer, which we're going to be doing a game for WWDC, where on next week's episode, we're going to talk about some stuff that if Apple did at WWDC would make us very happy. They're not predictions because typically they're things that we expect they won't do, but we're just going to see anyway, because imagine if we could get all of our hopes and dreams from the perfect WWDC. That is what the Happyometer is going to be about. And we are we are very excited to announce that the Happyometer will be great on the Tichi scale now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we yes. will be so basically we will be giving our picks next week and then uh, the week after we'll be grading kind of how we felt we achieved our picks on the Tichi scale from nightmare all the way up to best i love you uh, the actual yes. scoring parameters for how we get there yet we we haven't yet decided how we convert numbers to the TG League scale but we'll we'll work it out in the end we'll work it out I mean it's obviously a decimal system um, obviously so the TG the scale is like a unit of measure mm-hmm. uh, and now other products in the relay empire can use this uh this system it's like the you know the metric system basically so um, I feel like so we need a rebranding maybe to just the TG scale. The TG scale, uh, it's shorter. TTS. It's uh, the 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 TTS, the, the TG scale with the TG scale. Oh, should we drop the the from the? <laughs> or so it just becomes TG scale TS. I don't know. Should we TG scale or the TG scale? We just call it. 
We're going to be ranking this on There we go. We found it. We found it. That's it. It's just TS, Tichi Scale. Okay. As it's known. So look forward to the, the Happyometer, uh, which will be grading on starting next week. Um, and of course, this is a surprise to nobody, but Apple has confirmed the WWDC keynote for June 4 uh, at 10 a.m. Really? Pacific. Yeah. it was. I know it was a surprise oh, to you. I, <laughs> oh, I booked the wrong flight. <laughs> I'm arriving on the 5th. <laughs> oh my god and it just happened to be in town oh, that, that, that's convenient. what a surprise uh, so it is happening as expected uh, Federico will be in the audience uh, with his lovely badge um, and uh, yeah so uh, I'm looking forward to next week's episode and then obviously the episode after where we're going to be in front of a lovely audience of people so I'm very excited about that I bought a jacket I bought a jacket and I'm still on the show um, Stephen's buying a jacket and he had to leave. It's a, it's a big thing. Stephen's hosting this year, so his jacket needs to be really good. So I understand why he's taken a week off work to, to, mm-hmm. to get that sorted. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not wearing a jacket, so uh, I, I'll be the guy with the with the shirt, no jacket. You know, it's too formal, too adult for me. So. I understand. I understand. Yeah. So last yeah. week on the show, we spoke about the twelve South. Um, what is it called? Air fly. Air fly. I just pulled that out of my brain. I feel very proud of myself. Um, And then you went ahead and bought one of them. Yes, I bought one and it arrived yesterday, but I only had the time to play with it today. So it's basically the same size of the Belkin Rockstar, if you remember the dongle that Belkin introduced last year to... No, I don't think so. I don't. I think the <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so it's a little rectangle that you plug into the iPhone, the Belkin Rockstar, and the Airfly is a little rectangle that you plug into devices with a headphone jack. So the box comes with the with the with this dongle um, and two cables. One is the headphone to headphone, so two uh, basically two male uh, headphone jack um, plugs. And one USB to USB mini uh, for charging the Airfly. Um, and there's a little, the logo of the Airfly is in the front and it's actually a button that you can press. Oh, okay. So you press, the, you press the button and a little light starts uh, spinning on the, on the Airfly. Then what you do is, of course, there's no screen, so you cannot do the Bluetooth pairing uh, with a user interface. And... What you do is you take whatever wireless uh, headphones you want to use, whether it's the AirPods or, in my, ca- in my case, I tried with the uh, BNO E8 uh, earbuds. They're kind of like AirPods, but worse and black uh, and cheap. Uh, I-, I don't know why I still have them. Anyway, you just bring them close to the Airfly. You start the pairing process, and they just pair together automatically without having to confirm anything with the with the screen because there is no screen in the middle so um they just connect to each other and it took like a couple of seconds so after that i plugged the headphone jack, uh, jack into the airfly then into my nintendo switch so there's like this dangling adapter mm-hmm. <laughs> coming out of my nintendo switch and i put on the wireless earbuds and I could hear system audio from my Nintendo Switch through the Airfly going to my earbuds. 
And that was it. So it took like 10 seconds in total. And I was really happy about that because now I can use wireless headphones when I'm playing video games with my Nintendo. Did you feel like the latency was good enough? Oh, yeah, like definitely less than a second. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's actually... I don't want to say there's no latency. Yeah. There must be some latency, but it's not like it, it wasn't an issue. It wasn't something that I noticed. So okay. I was playing Donkey Kong and like the sound of jumping and the sound of smashing your hands on the ground, like I couldn't tell that there was latency in the middle. So uh, I thought it was fine. Okay, well, that's good. May, I, I will... Uh... I want to try this out when we see each other soon, and then maybe I will think about okay. something like this. I mean, I keep um, in my Nintendo Switch case, I just keep an old pair of um, the regular AirPods, right? The mm-hmm. ear, AirPods, earbuds. What are they? AirPods, AirPods, right? Ear, AirPods. Yes. AirPods. Were they called AirPods? Yes, They're I think pods they were. Pods for your ears. Yeah. I keep I keep the pods for my ears. Um, I keep just the, the old three point five millimeter ones before they move to Lightning. I just have a set of those just in there, um, in case they need it. But I always have over ear headphones with a regular three point five millimeter jack in my bag anyway when I'm traveling because that's just mm-hmm. what I will use when I travel. I only ever use over ear headphones when I'm recording and when I'm traveling, like when I'm on an airplane. Um, so I always have something, but you know, it, 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 at least it will be good to know that if I want to move to to an all Bluetooth lifestyle, I can do that because currently Nintendo does not support Bluetooth audio um, from from the Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah. Whilst we're talking about this, while we're on this, I saw to, I saw yesterday, um, Belkin is selling a thirty dollar Lightning to three point five millimeter headphone cable, which is so expensive but I guess could be useful to some people. Like, I guess you could use it for headphones. So if you had a pair of headphones that you wanted to be able to plug directly into your iPhone, you could use this, right? Mm. Because you could plug the 3.5 into the headphone and then the uh, if your headphone has a removable headphone cable and then you could plug it into your iPhone. Or I guess you could use it for like car stereo systems and just regular stereo systems. So it's good that these cables do exist if you have a legitimate need for them. But $30 is really expensive for just a cable for audio. Yeah, and I don't I don't understand why this product was introduced now. Oh, um Apple have just allowed for this to occur, I believe is what oh. is my understanding from reading the story on the verge. That like oh, this okay. is a very recent change to the MFI standard that's allowing companies right. to make these. All right, and then it makes sense. And now Belkin is owned by Foxconn, is that correct? Oh god, yeah, I forgot that. Or at least yeah, that's a thing that could happen, right? I don't know if it's past regulatory it's stuff been approved. or yeah. whatever. Okay, um, but yeah, I totally forgotten about that. Oh man, yeah. I mean, not again. I don't. I don't really think it matters specifically, um, but it is. It's interesting to note that. I just find that to be just a continually uh, strange thing that's occurring. All right, should we take our first break? Then we've got a big story to talk about that you've written today. Okay, yes. All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Smile, and I want to tell you all about PDF Pen 10, the ultimate tool for editing PDFs and going paperless. If you use PDFs at all, you need to see what PDF Pen 10 can do for you. Their brand new release 
adds watermarks, custom headers, custom footers, and even a new precision edit tool too. So these are all things that you'll be able to add to your PDFs in PDF Pen 10. You can also do things like moving images around without increasing the size of your document. You can magnify library items. You have access to an improved color palette, and you can go paperless even more easily than ever before by making a whole collection of scanned PDFs searchable, which is a wonderful thing. Smile also offers PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone, for editing PDFs while you're on the go. I use PDF Pen all the time. I was using PDF Pen 10 on my Mac just before we started recording today because I was filling out this document that had to be sent off to one of our wedding suppliers. And the easiest way for me to do it, which is to open it up in PDF Pen 10, I can do it all and send it back. Nothing needs to be printed. I feel so sad when I work with companies and I I send them an inv- I send them something that I've put together in PDF Pen, right, that they need to sign. And then they send me back something that's been scanned. It's like, oh man. I feel for you. Like, that's such a terror. Like, when I get a contract from you, all I do is open it in PDF Pen, sign it with my Apple Pencil or with my Wacom tablet and send it back to you, right? And then, but then when I said, like, the, I know the amount of hassle you had to go through. You had to print it, get grab a pen, write everything down, scan it, attach, turn it into a PDF, attach it to an email and send. It's like, it's so much more time to have to do that uh, to kind of go through all that rigmarole. But you don't need to be like that if you use PDF Pen. You can be cool just like me. If you've been thinking about getting your documents in order, this is your cue to get started. Learn more about PDF Pen right now at smilesoftware.com slash podcast and tell them that you heard about them from this show. Our thanks to PDF Pen 10 for their support of Connected and Relay FM. You can be cool just like me has to be your new tagline. Like, you be cool just like me? Yeah, okay. I yeah. can I can work with that. <laughs> so you published a really big article today um, called mm-hmm. Second Life. And it's not about the uh, failed MMO game, no, right? No, it's not about that. You've not been jumping in and maybe nope. flying around in whatever <laughs> that place was called. Well, that was really sad. It was a really sad video <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> so what's 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 this what is this article all about well um i think a bunch of people were able to piece it together that uh, that i was up to something this year uh because i've been doing things that i that normally i wasn't doing before um and i think uh we we discussed this uh, like when we did the the analog episode. Was yep. that in December or maybe early January? I think it was early January. And I told you that my plan for this year was to work on myself. Um, and then also a bunch of other project projects for Mac stories and stuff. But I told you that I wanted to f- concentrate on just me. Yep. Um, and that was, uh, that was uh, the result of... Uh, a series of long conversations that I had with my girlfriend, with my friends, with a with a bunch of people close to me, um, because last year and I talked about this, I wrote about this, I I hinted at this in a bunch of different places. Uh, last year was a really stressful year for me. Um, I wasn't able, uh, in a, in a way, it was maybe the culmination of um, a bunch a series of mistakes that I made um, in the past couple of years, and and. It resulted in uh, levels of stress and and anxiety and just being unable to enjoy uh, my job or just normal life uh, like I used to before. And I I reached the tipping point, I think, um, after I came back from Chicago. So I went to Chicago in October for the Release Notes Conference. And in between 
that and December, so the holidays, I realized, you know, it's it it's absurd that I'm constantly stressed and uh, that that I'm having all these thoughts about like, am I am I good enough at my job? Um, do people even like what I do? And I was constantly like obsessed, uh, you know, uh, with uh, with just being behind, not doing enough, or just not being good enough. Um, all those negative thoughts and and what made me upset wasn't necessarily you know being stressed it was the fact that i was aware like i was deeply aware of the fact that i that i was that i was the cause of these problems and my negligence in taking better care of um, of myself from any point of view from the physical point of view from the from the mental point of view um, just, uh, they, those problems were the result of ignoring signs that my brain and my body have been giving me for a couple of years. And uh, I was ignoring them and I was just completely focused on working. Just, I need to work, I need to do more, I need to launch this project, I need to, call, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. And I just, I just drowned myself in, in mm-hmm. work. Um, and in all that, there was also the... So the awareness of um, I'm the cause of these problems, and I wanna, and I don't know how to how to get out of this. But also there was there, there was the um, the fact that I that I felt bad because I wasn't appreciating uh, the the life that I was given uh, that I was given, you know, after beating cancer and going through treatments and having my first uh, negative diagnosis which means that I was cancer free um I felt bad because I, I I was thinking like people die for this stuff and I didn't die but um yet what am I even doing here oh so um yeah it was a bunch of bunch of thoughts and of course uh, you know I there was no we should have put a disclaimer i suppose at the beginning of this segment uh we're gonna talk about real stuff here (laughs) yeah this is this is we put all the jacket jokes up front yeah yeah um so the story to go back to the story um how it it began as um as as a pause i needed to take a pause from from work and i needed to and I needed to think about like wh- what it is that I actually want, um, and the uh, the holidays, you know, cr- the Christmas break was a nice opportunity for me ju- to just say, I want to take a step back and I want to understand what I want. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized what I want is to have a better me in 2018, um, and so I. You know, the people make fun of New Year's resolutions, but I made some. And I decided that I would, you know, I would do whatever possible, any, anything that I could do to improve my uh, my well-being from the psychological point of view and the, you know, uh, from the physical point of view. I I decided to do a bunch, to, to, to put a, to make a commitment to a bunch of changes in my life, and uh, the story that I published today is the is the result of those uh, six months of um, trying to follow, you know, with with discipline and with commitment, trying to follow that plan that I uh, 
I don't even want to say outlined because it makes it sound like there was a document and I made a list of things. I, I, it was just a series of conversations. Um, so, yeah. All right. So there's some, we can maybe get into some details of the things that you've done, but I have a bunch of questions for you, but I also don't want to rehash this article because I think people should read it because it's very good. Mm. It is very powerful. And I think that me and you talking right now will not do justice to the things that you've done. I mean, so like in broad strokes, the things that you've done is you are exercising every day. um, Mm -hmm. You are tracking things, including uh, meditating every day and being Mm -hmm. thankful and expressing thanks. You're eating better um, and you're trying to not let work take over your life, right? Is that like in broad strokes the the big changes you've made? Yes, that is a that is a good description. Yes, because I don't want to go into all of the details because I really think people should read the article. But I have a bunch of questions for you, um, having been thinking about this too, and just hearing you kind of talk then that maybe we'll touch on a few of those things. But, I, you know, I think that, you know, that's kind of the context is like Federico has made some conscious decisions and has been doing this stuff for six months about getting healthier in all kind of all aspects of his life. So you mentioned uh, at the beginning when you were talking there about having conversations with your partner and with your friends. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to know, were those conversations strained conversations? Like... Were those conversations people saying to you, Federico, you need to get your life in order? Yeah, uh, especially from from my girlfriend and mm-hmm. especially from uh, friends that are really close to me. Um, uh, they were they were totally honest in the sense that um, you know some, sometimes you need you need another person to mm-hmm. tell you what are you doing. Uh, don't you realize that? you don't realize your luck uh, and you don't realize how fortunate you are um that you know you you can still you can, you're still here essentially and you can you can make a change and yet you're you're not and so um they were especially when when they're coming from even from like from a couple of friends that um they told me you you need to understand that if you're not gonna do this, um, y- you will, you will, maybe eventually you will even lost your job in the sense that you will hate what you do mm-hmm. unless you find a better balance. And so, yeah, they were they were not pleasant uh, conversations <laughs> in that sense. I mean, yeah. I, I think. We've all been there to a, to an aspect, you know, at different parts of our lives. Um, I want to understand from you though about work. Like, what is the change to work? Like, what it, in kind mm. of in broad terms, what what is what's happening? What's different? In 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 a way, nothing and everything is different. It's um, it's more about how I approach work, um, because I'm still doing the same things, right? I'm still writing about apps and sometimes personal stuff i'm still doing podcasts um yes there's a few things that i'm delegating more um for example if you take a look at max stories this week there's a bunch of app reviews that i didn't write so but that is not even necessarily a change because i i was doing that before it's more in how i approach being um a creator that works from home 
Um, so, for example, in the in the evening, I try not to open email anymore, and I don't have notifications for email anymore. And I, um, when I'm when I'm taking a walk with the dogs or I'm going shopping with Sylvia, I don't check my phone anymore. Um, it's more about trying to control the my natural impulse to constantly be checking for things that relate to work. So um, over the years, I, I like many other people that do this kind of stuff, I just got used to always be checking my email, always be checking my tweets, my mentions, my, you know, my RSS feeds. And being uh, an independent creator became what was a great it's a great fortune because i'm able to do what i love but it's also my problem in the sense that any moment is a good moment to think about work so it's more about in in the change i guess it's in the restraint in trying to force myself because i'm naturally driven to always think about work and do something for work to say no you're not supposed to be working now. And that's been really, really difficult. Now, I'm assuming that a lot of the reasons that you did stuff like having notifications on and checking your phone is, it was out of a fear of missing something, right? So in the six months nearly that you've been doing this, have you missed anything? Have, have you missed anything that has been critically important? Exactly. All right. And that's it. Right. Like, and, and I think deep down, we all know this, right? Like we feel like we have to be plugged in. Uh, and it turns out that maybe it's not so critical after all. This isn't about me and I'm not going to make it about me because I want, I don't want to talk about this today, but I've been making some changes in the way that my phone notifies me and my devices notify me, um, that I've not yet worked out yet, but it's in some similar vein of like having this feeling like I'm going to be constantly, I need to be constantly notified of everything that's going on and then actually turning it off and just checking, does everything burn down if I do this or does it actually turn out to just be okay? But I'm still working through a lot of that stuff myself anyway. Um, do you think that this new w approach to to life and work is going to change or affect how you work this summer? Oh, that's a good question. Because this is the unhealthiest time of the year for you. Yeah. Um, well, I already uh, promised myself that um, this year I am not going to be working on a new design for the review on the site. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because I thought about this, like, there's no point in changing the design every year. No, I, I, I was really surprised when you did it last year, because it yeah. felt like the year before, mm -hmm. it was like, well, this is how reviews are going to look. And then you were like, oh, look at all my new design stuff. And it was a surprise yeah. to me at the time, because I, I was surprised at how much work you'd taken on again. Yeah, exactly. And I was looking at my... So over the past few months, I needed to reference my iOS 11 review multiple times. And every time I open the review and I and I use the table of contents and you know the the navigation between chapters, I thought you know this is really convenient. I don't think I need to change this. There's a couple of features that I would love to offer, but I don't want to do that this year. I don't want to put that amount of work, that workload, on me, on our designer, on our developer again. And I just want to focus on writing. 
But also, I'm sort of artificially, well, not artificially, I'm, I committed to a bunch of, um, uh, to a project and to, um, and to a trip uh, outside of Italy uh, at the beginning of the summer, which are going to force me, in a way, not to work on the review for basically a month. And that me and there's nothing I can do about it because uh, there's a project that we're working on for the site and there's this uh, vacation that I'm taking with Sylvia and it's happening and you know there's nothing I can do so it means that I will have July and August to work on the review, um, but also I I want to go on other vacations so uh, it's going to be sort of like a return to the old and healthier day uh, days of. You're not gonna be working on a review for three months because it's gonna produce this massive <laughs> essay that you know n- n- some people don't want to read, and also it's not healthy for you. And then it's it sounds likely that iOS 12 is not going to be you know another iOS 11 type of release. So it's uh, it seems like a perfect moment to scale back my ambitions. I'm still gonna be working. I'm still gonna be doing a long form review, and it's still gonna be maybe thirty, forty thousand something words. But I strongly believe that um, this approach of you, you know, I work better under pressure uh, anyway, and I think I'm in a better place. Um, like I have a. I think I have a different mindset to approach this stuff. I know that I'm going to get it done and I feel positive that that I'm going to produce something that is good. So I am trying not to obsess over it. Uh, I'm trying not not to agonize over the thought of, oh my God, there's a new version of iOS coming and I need to work on the review. It'll get done. I don't know how. I don't know how big it'll be, but it'll happen. So um, I'm sorry that I don't have any more specifics for you, but I think... It'll, um, you know, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I mean, That's my when plan. I'm hearing this, like, I'm thinking it will be more like your iOS 9 and iOS 10 review than your, well, yeah, maybe your iOS sure. 8 and iOS 9 review than your iOS 10 and iOS 11 iOS reviews. 9, iOS 9, yeah. Which were like, they were big, but they weren't, let me tell you about every feature. Right, because that the last yeah, two like, they have been more exhaustive, mm-hmm, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like they were short before. No, and I want to and I want to um, focus more, if possible, on explaining what I think about features rather than presenting a list of all the features and all the possible details. And I and I learned a lot from the iOS 10 and iOS 11 reviews, I know that if I want to, I can describe APIs in detail and I can describe what, you know, uh, what developers can do to people in normal English. I know that I can do that, but also I don't want to be, you know, if you want to read about APIs, you can, you should go read the developer documentation. There's a, I should strike, I think, a better balance between producing a review for the people. I would personally like to see you return closer to the Federico Vitici scale on this. Not not that it's just a, just a scale of review. Uh, I would like to see you go closer back towards Federico than you have been towards Syracuse. 
And Syracuse's mm-hmm. reviews, they're incredible, but they are like reference a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that you have done an incredible job of creating effectively reference guides, right? As well as the review, right? So there's a lot of thought in there, but there's also a lot of like, here is how this thing works. And I just don't know if you need to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I, like I said, I, I learned a lot from that process. And, I, and to an extent, um, it's not even something that I enjoy, um, especially following, you know, throughout multiple betas uh, during the summer, like, oh, this API changed, then I also need to, to change my review. It's not something that I enjoy. I enjoy, uh, I, I like explaining the effect of technology on how we use computers and how we use apps. I don't enjoy explaining code to people. I I can do it, and I think I'm pretty good at it if I want to, but it's not something I love. And so I agree with you. I should go. I, I should strike a better balance between having long form, but also staying true to what I like to write about. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I'm I'm pleased. I mean, I will enjoy whatever you write, <laughs> but like I am happy to skip less right like i would skip more of these reviews because it's like okay so we're getting into the business chat api right right well i actually don't care about how drag and drop works behind the scenes i mean i couldn't skip any of it last time yeah (laughs) which would it would have been awkward for for us if i would have just skipped huge chunks of your review but i'm not gonna be reading this (laughs) and this is the same as how i would read john syracuse's reviews as well where it's like i would read the stuff i was interested in plus all of the analysis but digging deep into how x y and z works if it's not a feature that really affects me i don't i would just skip it like it's not that's not what I'm coming to these things for. I'm coming to them for like entertainment and information, not just straight up information. Right. Um, yeah. And so I'm intrigued to see what that balance ends up looking like for you um, this year. But just return into kind of the what's actually in the story that you've written. Um, it seems like the Apple Watch has been incredibly useful to you throughout the, especially the exercise part. But do you think you could have done this without the Apple Watch? Uh yes, for sure I could have just like I, I think um there's a good um analogy here. I just like I could work with a Mac, you know, instead of an iPad instead of my iPhone, mm-hmm. I could work out without my Apple Watch. I could use a Fitbit or I could use I don't know whatever it is that people or Garmin or something. I could use something else, but I wouldn't enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Um but also, there's a. I think I uh, there's a point in the story where I, when I say, uh, you know, the Apple Watch is just a tool. It's you know, if you're if you if you don't want to exercise, or if you, you know, if you're finding excuses not to exercise, or if you think it's something that you know it's not for you, the Apple Watch is not gonna fix that. It's it, you know, it's not like you put on the Apple Watch and suddenly you want to work out. Um, there's an in, there's an initial motivation. You know, there's the initial. There's the novelty effect of, of oh yeah I want to close my rings now and I want to get my badges but ultimately it comes down to wanting to exercise and wanting to improve. Um, it's like a it's like a bug that you need to catch. It's mm-hmm. like there's it's it's a thing that it needs to um, stay in your brain at all times. Like um, 
you know, um, I, 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 I was never the, the fitness type person. Um, and honestly, I, I'm surprised that, um, that I've ended up in this place of, like, if I don't work out every morning, I, uh, it's not that I get upset, but I can feel that I'm more irritated, that I'm, that I, that I, that I missed something. Um, it's like, I don't know, uh, I, I can feel that I didn't do something that is important to me. And, and I was never like this, right? I was never this type of, this type of kid when I was younger, I was never this type of person. But I reached the point where I realized, you know, um, I need to do this because it's important. And I, I don't want to, at the same time, I don't want to, I didn't want to do stuff like following like an aggressive diet. I didn't want to be frustrated. And um, funnily enough, uh, what clicked for me was uh, one of the challenges from the activity app that you get with the Apple Watch, you know, the mm-hmm. special badges. Uh, in February, there was the Heart Month Challenge uh, from February 8th to February 14th, uh, St. Valentine's Day. And it, I, I followed the requirements to unlock the challenge and I got the badge and then, uh, I don't know, uh, it kind of, I, I never stopped. And yes, I could do this without the Apple Watch. And sometimes I work out without my Apple Watch and it's fine. But what I like about wearing the watch is that there's this little fun aspect of, you know, I can share my activity with, with Kyle's the Grey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, and he's, he's a monster. Yeah, he's a terrible person to share activity with. I would just straight up refuse it. It's actually it's actually been like a fantastic motivation for me, and and like he, you know, he when you when you do workouts and when you unlock uh, achievements, uh, if you share the activity with someone else, they they can see that you did that and they can send you a response. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, uh, like he constantly sends me like thumbs up or messages, you know, of encouragement. It's been really nice. And it's, you know, honestly, uh, being able to share the activity with somebody like him, you know, a super athletic guy, and, you know, he does a lot of different types of exercise. Um, it's been a great motivation for me. And, it's, uh, you know, so I'm I'm thankful for that feature because it's it really works. And ultimately, uh, I think that I could do this without a watch. But there's a little part of my brain that wants this uh, aspect of you th- you're doing this for you and you're going to keep doing this no matter what if you if you lose your watch or if your watch breaks you're still going to be working out in the morning but if you can it this is enjoyable right uh being able to track and closing the rings and unlocking the badges it's a little fun thing on the side that sweetens the deal in a way <laughs> This is what gamification is about. I mean, it's become a dirty yeah. word over time, but like the Apple Watch is gamifying health for you because it gives you badges and awards and it shares stuff with your friends. This is the basics of gamification. Like, And, and when done well, it does work. That's why it exists, right? And you have gamified your health. And that's excellent because you are that is clearly clicked for you because you are now healthier than you've been in years. Yeah, but I want to I wanna stress, though, how... Um, you you need to have motivation to do this. If you if and 
I think if you don't want if you don't want to improve really, if deep down you're just you just want to try the fancy features of the Apple Watch, it's not it's not a strategy that will work out over time. Um, the Apple Watch is just a tool on the side, yeah. even though I consider the Apple Watch an essential device for me at this point, um, because I I love what it helps me do every day. It's working out and exercising and losing weight and you know all this fitness and health stuff is something that I want and um, yeah I I think you shouldn't use the Apple Watch as your primary reason to do this. It's something that you need to want yourself. Then you can use the Apple Watch. Uh, it's a it's a balance that I that I think it's important to keep in mind. I have one last question for you before we move on. So okay. you've gone through this journey and you're kind of well into it now. Like it's not really a, a thing that you're still kind of working out. Like you know what this all this means for you. And you're, you know, I'm, I kind of glossed over it, but there is also other parts of the, the psychological side where like you're meditating and, and trying to ground yourself more frequently. Um, mm-hmm. What is more important to you, the physical side or the mental side? Like, what do you take the most time on? What do you make the most concerted effort with? I think both of them, they are two sides of um, the same. Uh, it's like the two hemispheres of the brain. Uh, you cannot, well, some, some people can detach them. You, <laughs> you can know, detach them. Remember, remember the, great, the CGP Grey video. <laughs> but like, okay, so let me pose a hypothetical to you, right? Like, something's happened in a day and you only have a very small window of time left in your day in which you can complete something and it's either a workout or you can meditate in a real strained situation which one do you think that you would gravitate towards (laughs) that's a really tough question i know it depends is my uh, so it's if something happens because somebody um you know uh upsets me Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something trivial, like I don't know. Um, I get in a fight with somebody while I'm stuck in traffic. Something s- stupid and silly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be working out uh, mm-hmm. because it, like, it calms me, calms me down, and it's you know relieves stress. Mm-hmm. But if it's something deeper, like um, I don't know, I get in a fight with a close friend or my girlfriend, or uh, if it's something about work, I'm probably gonna be meditating a bunch or taking a walk or talking to someone uh i think i think actually the you know honestly while the exercise stuff is more um is more fun and it's more fun to do it's more fun to write about because i get to talk about the apple watch and sensors and apps the the mental aspect i think was more important for me um just realizing all this uh, was way more important for me and the uh, like I, I i'm not exaggerating when i say that um that i feel like a, i feel like a new person just in the sense of how i i have this um i have this thought it's like i keep thinking about it every day that my um and this is gonna sound so grandiose and aspirational, but it's what I feel. And um, I, I, I have, uh, um, I have a mission to uh, bring 
good stuff into the world, whatever it is, whatever, uh, whether it's, you know, having a good time with friends or producing stories that people enjoy or shows that people like to listen to. My mission is to bring good stuff into this into this planet uh, because I was given a second chance and this is my way to give back. And it's, it's of course, it's a thought. It's something that it's in my mind that I that I need to nurture and to take care of. I need to protect uh, this thought, you know, in any way possible. And so exercising and, you know, the physical aspect is essential, of course. But the, you know, I think that in my case, um, mental health and my psychological well-being was way more important for, uh, you know, fix, to, to fix whatever i was going through this past couple of years um yeah does this answer your question it does answer my question and i think maybe for you it's the way it seems is you could only ever get on the road to physical health once you started to take better care of your mental health like that i think so that those things go together for a lot of people and and it changes for different people but it seems like for you the mental side had to come first before you could follow up with the physical side. And Tichi, yeah, I'm yeah. so proud of you. Thank you. You're Thank an you. inspiration to me. Um, and I love you very much. And I think that you've done an incredible thing. And sharing it with the world is even more so. So uh, I'm very proud of you. I love you too. Thank you. All right, let's take a break and then we'll talk about some apps or some crap, right? Let's just talk about apps again. (laughs) Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by ButcherBox, the folk who deliver thoughtfully sourced meat directly to your door. You can enjoy healthy, grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, or even heritage breed pork. Um, Plus, ButcherBox meats come from humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics, hormones, or fatty fillers. Here's how it works. Each ButcherBox comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. You can choose from five different box types, including a custom box, where you can choose exactly how much you need and what you and your family will love. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging. Then it's shipped for free with dry ice to make Make sure it stays frozen even after it reaches your doorstep. You can think of Butcher Box as like your neighborhood butcher, with their quality beef, chicken, and pork delivered right to your door and the option to choose how often you get deliveries as well. Plus, you can find recipes on the Butcher Box website so you'll know just how to cook the wonderful food you're receiving or follow along with the videos on the ButcherBox YouTube channel. Now, our uh, jacketed friend, Mr. Stephen Hackett, he received a box of meat from ButcherBox, so I requested Stephen from the past to provide uh, his thoughts on receiving uh, the ButcherBox box of meat. So my family and I got a butcher box. It had a whole bunch of stuff in it. We had steaks and ground beef and chicken and pork chops. Uh, I made a steak that night because sometimes... Sometimes a podcaster wants to feel fancy. The steak was great. Uh, The next night we did some of that ground beef and spaghetti with the kids. My wife did the pork chops. Uh, Everything in that box was was good. It was uh, very tasty. Uh, It came all frozen, so I knew it was safe. It was easy to thaw out and get going. Um, and it was great. It just showed up at the door, right? Didn't have to go to the grocery store where, you know, the butcher shop may have some stuff on one day and some stuff on the other day. Uh, it all came together and was uh, was really easy to deal with, uh, easy to unpack and uh, tasty to cook. 
Thank you, Stephen, from the past. Uh, let me tell you what you can get here, right? This is an incredible deal. I'm very excited about this deal from ButcherBox. You can get some free bacon along with $20 off your first box by going to butcherbox.com connected and entering the code connected at checkout. That is butcherbox.com connected and the code connected for free bacon and $20 off your first box. Our thanks to ButcherBox for their support of this show. It's one of my favorite offers of all time, just free bacon. It's like, yeah, I'll have to take some free bacon. I have some free bacon. <laughs> all right, Federico, I want to talk to you about Spark 2. Uh, Spark is an email application that's been around for many years at this point and has been updated um, relatively consistently since, but has been, as we've spoken about before, it's been missing some features on the iOS that the Mac has had, etc., etc. Uh, but And it's made by Riedel. Uh, they're like a well-known developer. They've got a bunch of applications like documents and, and the, was it PDF Expert they make too, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. So they've just updated Spark uh, to Spark 2. And really, Spark 2 is email for teams. And we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a minute. But there are some features for individual users. Uh, what what If you are just a, a one-person individual, you receive your personal email through Spark, what changes can you expect to see in Spark 2? Um, so there's basically two main changes. Uh, one of them is that uh, finally the same integrations with uh, third-party apps and services that you get on the Mac. Now you can use them on iOS as well. So you can save your emails to Things or OmniFocus or Todoist. Uh, it works the same way as it does on the Mac. Uh, so you can get a, you can take a message and share to your task manager, for example. And you can set some parameters beforehand. So like you can say set the title of the task and the date mm-hmm. for a reminder. And the task will have a link back to the original message in Spark so that you can even archive the message, then tap the link from your task manager and you will get to the original message anyway, even if it's been moved or archived or whatever. It's nice. So that's convenient. And then um, you can also generate um, public links to email messages. So this is not the first, Spark is not the first app to have this feature. Uh, Polymail, which is another businessy type of uh, email app and service for Teams, has the same functionality. What you can do is you, essentially you can generate a public web page um, that represents the email message. Hmm. Uh, and it's a way to publish an email message on the web and share the link with somebody else. So like if I get an interesting uh, email about a new app and Mike is not part of my Mac Stories team in Spark, I can generate, uh, and I don't want to forward the message to Mike, I can just generate a link to the message and send the link to Mike and Mike will open the message in Safari or Chrome and he will be able to look at a, a web copy of the email message. And I know that, uh, I'm not sure how you feel about this, Mike. I have a quick question for you before I tell you how I feel about it. Uh, the, the links that are generated for integrations, right? So you can, like the link that takes you from Todoist back to Spark, mm-hmm. are they public links? No, those are traditional URL schemes. Okay, uh, so it's all local. Spark, column, right? slash, slash. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Those that's good. are local links. Yeah. 
So here's my thing. The public links thing, I can see how they could be useful, right? And my understanding is that they can be easily deleted and there are some flexible sharing options too, right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. If you pay for for the oh. uh, premium stuff, I mean, you can always delete them. So uh, mm-hmm. that's, uh, of course, a feature that you get for free. The additional controls are that uh, you can choose whether just you or just your team can open uh, a link to the to that message okay but uh otherwise it's a public link so you generate the link and then if you want to remove it from the web you can delete the link so i understand that using apps like spark and I believe apps like Airmail, I think basically any app that gives push notifications, I know that there is an element of email being stored or passed through the servers of that company, right? Am I right in thinking that? Like if a company wants to provide push notifications, it has to go through them somehow. Um, Yeah. I mean, there has to be some way to tell when you get a new message. Yeah. So, I mean, I also know, because I'm not a dummy, I know that some of my email is being stored for a period of time. I don't know the details, because whatever. Uh, I know that there's stuff being stored with Redor, right? Like, And right. you make that choice yourself. And, and I think that you can go in and read the privacy policy, or you can just, as I always say, right? Like, you make your trade-offs, however you make your trade-offs. But on the surface, I don't like this this public link thing because it makes it too real for me. I know this sounds ridiculous, mm. and I know people are going to hate this, but all mm-hmm. I can do is, is talk honestly. There's just something about being able to create an email on a website owned by another company that's like, it makes it feel more real than I want to about where my email is actually going. Mm. Does that make yeah. sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, it's a, it's a maybe a step too far. Yeah, yeah, it's like I know this is happening, but don't show it to me. Right? Like <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> let me forget about the fact that this is happening. And again, I don't believe necessarily that they're doing anything nefarious, and I don't want to put that out there because if I thought that, I wouldn't use their application. But there's still just an element of like in this world that we live in right now, I just don't want to know what you're doing if you're being okay with it. I know I'm talking very peculiarly here, but there's just this disconnect that I prefer to have sometimes just because it helps me sleep at night, right? And and just... it's like I think a good metaphor could be um, that you a meal that you enjoy but maybe is prepared in some way that you don't want to know it, yeah right? it's the like, idea of you never want to visit the factory for where your food is made exactly this exactly. is what that yeah. is thank you for doing that for me that is the perfect way of describing it like i sometimes it's just best not to see and this just feels like one of those <laughs> things um I think one of the biggest disappointments for me with Spark is that there are no visual changes to the app. Um, And I say this because I don't like the way that Spark looks. Um, Email is a professional thing for me. It's where my work is done mostly. And Spark doesn't feel professional. Like, it feels too fun, 
where and it doesn't really have any strong customization options to allow me to tweak it in any way where like apps like mail and airmail and outlook and edison they all look way more like professional where spark is on a different end and i personally don't think it adds anything by trying to be more like fun in its design like it has a bunch of things that i really like there are a lot of buttons and and like the user experience is very good in some places but i i'm not a big fan of their user interface especially the kind of inbox view i really i like i don't like this colored bar on the side especially on the ipad and these like floating window like i just don't like it it's it's too heavy-handed for me mm-hmm. yeah i can see that it's uh it, it doesn't have a doesn't have a professional look in the traditional sense you know it's very colorful very uh, very custom also at the same time like it doesn't it doesn't follow some ios ui conventions like it's got its own share sheet and it's a custom one and it can it can look strange in places so i i think i understand what you're saying but let's talk about what's actually big and new in this app, which is the team stuff. So mm-hmm. this is broken down into like three different things, right? Message sharing, uh, chatting and communicating with teams and real-time collaboration. So from mm-hmm. what I understand, the message sharing, you're able to, ha- once you set up a team, which can be done in a couple of different ways, you can then take a message. And so if we're on the same team, I could look at a message in my inbox, press a couple of buttons and share it with you, right? Right, yes. Now, what does that actually mean, though? Like, then what happens? You That yeah, we both see okay. it in our inboxes? Like, what happens next? So, um, what happens is, uh, this is a proprietary feature that is not a traditional email forward. And what you do is you take a message that was addressed to you and, you know, was not addressed to the other person and you share the message with the other person, which means it lands in the other person's Spark inbox. Mm. It does not show up in the actual email service inbox. It's tied to, to the Spark application. So if you share a message with me... I will not see the message in Apple Mail or Gmail or Fastmail, whatever. I will only see the message in Spark. And it's a custom feature built on top of email uh, that, um, you know, again, it's something that other services have done before, I believe. There's a bunch of similar services called Missive and Front and Polymail. Um, But uh, I think Spark, you know, it's more... um, you know, is is more popular in the in our community in the iOS. It has a higher profile. It has a higher profile in the Apple community. Of course, it's a well known company, so we're talking about it now. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a custom it's a custom thing. So, like, this is another thing where it's like, okay, you're making it very clear to me at this point where my email's going, right? If if this only shows up in right. Spark, obviously you're getting my email in some way. But this is where that trade off thing comes into play. Where it's like, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, huh, that would be super useful for me. So I share um, email, especially with my uh, advertising sales uh, manager, right, that we have here at Relay FM. So it's a slight step up from assistant. Um, she helps me with advertising sales. That's a big thing that we do now. And we get a lot of people that email us and I want to share 
leads that come in with her Mm -hmm. because I don't need to pick them all up anymore. And the way we're currently doing it is I forward it and then she has to delete a bunch of stuff and Uh reply. Yeah, yeah. So wouldn't it be lovely? And yes, it would if I could just take that email and just send it to her. And then she just replies to it and it looks normal. And that seems like a like a, a really good thing, but it locks us both into Spark everywhere. And that's where it starts to get a bit tricky. Where it's like, do I want to be locked in? I don't know. Because I've never really right. liked Spark that much anyway. So mm-hmm. like, but now will I get enough value out of it that it makes sense for me? So like I think we're gonna try it. I think that's something I think I want to give it a go and see if it's like, well, am I willing to overlook some of the things I don't like about the application in exchange for what would be some just really genuine usefulness? And then the other part of it is uh we can have a a, a conversation along the side of the email, which is not part of the email, right? You can kind of chat to the people that you share the messages with. Yeah, you you can also do that. It's basically like a like a mini uh, iMessage uh, built uh, right into the thread view. So like um, you can chat with your teammates without, of course, the person on the other side of the conversation knowing that you're chatting. Uh, and it's you know initially I thought it's like this is insane. I don't want to have like a mini Slack in, into my email. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of I kind of understood why it's there. It's like uh, if something comes in and it's addressed to a bunch of people, I I don't have to go on Slack and say, hey, by the way, did you see the message that we got from Stephen today? Do you want to respond to that person? Right into the email, I can say at Ryan, uh, can you respond to them? And you know, it's it, it's contextual to the place where we're doing email. It re- yeah, it requires less context because I'm I'm doing this all the time as well. Where I'm like, did you see that message I just sent you? Or oh, which one yeah, of those three yeah. that you just sent me are you referring to? And it's like, yes, that, that's yes. where a lot of this frustration comes in, and it's why this actually does seem like a useful thing. So, are you notified about these in any way though? Um, th- yes, but this is one of my uh, one of the downsides that I mentioned in my story yesterday. There are no granular notifications. So uh, as I told you, I keep email notifications disabled. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, I also miss uh, notifications from mm. for messages, which is insane because I should be able to tell, look, don't give me email notifications, but tell me when my teammates message me because emails and messages, you know, the, the chat... Uh, feature, those are two separate things. I know that they come from the same application, but they are two different messaging protocols. So I would love to be able to say no email message notifications, but yes, messages from my teammates. And right now that feature is uh, unfortunately missing from Spark 2. Yeah, I hope they add that. That seems like an obvious one to add to me because I would maybe want to set up the same right like there are there right. are a lot of benefits to being able to separate those things because they are technically different because you want to know when your team's talking to you you don't necessarily want to know every time an email comes in exactly right yeah. and then there's also the real time collaborative stuff how well does this work oh yeah how how <laughs> well, well does it actually work it's uh, it's uh, it works well it's slightly slower than google docs mm-hmm. um but it's it's surprisingly solid 
honestly, I, I tried it with uh, with John. Uh, we composed an email message together, and it worked fine. My problem, not a problem, but just my skepticism, maybe, is that if I ever reach the point where I need uh, three people to help me write in an email message, <laughs> something has gone terribly wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> it means that I've lost my mind and yeah. I don't even know what you know I'm doing what I anymore. I haven't thought of that until now. <laughs> when does that ever happen? That like multiple people need to you, be in the composed you view. Me, you tell me, Mike, you used to work at a bank with a bunch of no, uh, you know, business type people. Never. Is that a thing that no. people do? Let no. me collaborate on an email with you. No, no? that's, I mean, at most like one person, but like, I don't know if you need to be doing that in the composed view of your email. <laughs> I feel like we, we, not all four of us need to be typing at the same time so alright this email needs four paragraphs we'll all work on one of them individually you know I just realized exactly. that, like this that honestly feels like a waste of resources like it's just a, a, a whiz bang feature like it looks good in a demo but who it actually does, needs does. that like, I tell, I tell you I listeners know. if you know of a use case for like three or more people to be working on an email at the same time please let us know what that is because if we do this you mike are in charge of my email signatures from now on okay so when i compose a message i want you to take care of my signature all right i'm fine with that our every time president of special business the creator all these things you could so many things um, one of the, th I think one of the biggest changes here for Spark and one of the things that actually makes me happy about all of this is that they finally have a legitimate business model where previously Spark was just, eh, it's free. And then maybe one day we'll charge you for something. And then that day never came, but now they have a business model where there is a lot of stuff that you get for free. So it's free for individuals and there's a core team functionality. What is that? It means that you can basically use the service for free as long as you have a small team. Um, so you get for free, you get five gigabytes of uh, chat storage because mm -hmm. you can also attach images and documents for the whole team. Whereas if you pay for the premium stuff, you get 10 gigabytes per user. So it's, uh, you know, uh, there's a big difference. But then again, are you going to be using this as a Slack alternative? You're going to be sharing a lot of uh, a lot of heavy files here? I don't know. It depends on uh, how much you want to chat in your email. Um, and also, if you, with the core team, you can only collaborate. You know, only three people can collaborate on an email message. So, uh, you know, make uh, compose your messages wisely because it's only three people. And... Take care. <laughs> Take care now. <laughs> you know, and uh, what else? Uh, yeah. Oh, and th these are actually important. You get no sh no controls over the link sharing. Mm. So it's either public or deleted. Uh, you cannot yeah. say just me or like just that. my team. I feel if you're doing the link sharing for any seriousness, you should pay because yeah, I, yeah. I think even though there is like a, a security through obscurity thing, I just think that it's best to have some control over that. Yeah, I agree. And also, you cannot, uh, you don't, you don't have the feature uh, called team roles. So you, you can in Spark two, you can either be the owner of the team, an admin, or a member. And of course, if you have a large organization, you want to be able to mm -hmm. set these levels. 
uh, because you know the owner controls everything and has access to the billing dashboard, but the admin can also invite and delete members. You know, if you have a large team, you probably want to pay for this stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean, the, so I have a question for you. Okay. In your opinion, what is the one most compelling reason, the single most compelling reason for a team to use Block 2? Honestly, the sharing stuff. Uh, just the uh, uh, maybe sharing and chat, but with uh, with an asterisk. Uh, I think sharing is what I've always wanted uh, from a collaborative email perspective. Like, I just want to be able to take an email and place it in someone else's inbox without doing the forward and with an easy system. When you do that, can you archive it from your own inbox? Yes but it will remain in the shared section of the app okay. where for some reason messages are unarchivable from there. So the shared view is a special view and you see every single message that you ever shared. You cannot delete them from that view. But that yes, you can archive seems useful them. though, like because yeah, yeah, you know, yes. because it's then you can go and just check on stuff that you've done in the past. And yes, exactly. Then all of your conversations are accessible and stuff like that. I, I, I think that that makes sense to me that you would keep that there because then the shared, no one's actually working from shared. Everyone's working from their own inboxes, and then shared just yeah. becomes like a history log. That makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to try it out. I think it sounds. I think it sounds like honestly exactly what I've been looking for for a while in having something to communicate with people. Like Slack is amazing, but I still get emailed too. And I mm-hmm. have to deal with that. And when you're working with people where you're sharing jobs with them, like you're sharing part of a role with them, which is what I'm doing, uh, then I think that really you've got to have some way to communicate about the messages that you're receiving. And being able to do it in the context of the literal message that seems pretty pretty appealing for me. I think I might try yeah. it out. And you've sold me, Federico. Well, are you going to pay for it? Uh, if I use it, I'm going to pay for it, yeah. Okay. I don't need to. I, I can actually use yeah, all either. of that stuff, right? But if I'm going to use a tool like this for my business, I'm going to pay for it. So I'm going to try it um, with what's free, right? So I can just check it out and see if it works for us. And if we decide that it works for us, then I'm going to convert our account to a pay plan. Yeah, we are we are testing the uh, uh, three people right now. It's uh, John, Ryan, and I are uh, having like a trial mm-hmm. team uh, experiment with Spark Two. But I think it's also what I needed, um, uh, if only for the sharing and some lightweight uh, chat. You know, chatting going on inside messages, just being able to double check and confirm stuff. Because I love Slack, I pay for I pay for Slack. But the truth is that somebody who is not part of my team. Like email is this is still the best way to reach out to someone who's not necessarily your friend or colleague. And yes, there are integrations that you can build or you can, you know, uh, activate to have your email end up in Slack. But really, Slack cannot be your email client. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to be getting some type of email and you're always going to be needing to manage email and respond to email and slack isn't built for that so if i need to use email because people email me then i might as well use something that removes and you know just that uh, friction that i find in collaborating with my team over email 
So at that point, why not give this a try? And that's what we're going to do. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. There was another app that got updated this week that I really wanted to talk to you about, Federico, and that's Castro 3. Um, mm-hmm. Castro is a uh, podcast application. It's been around for many years now, um, and it's on their third iteration, and with that has brought about some changes to the app and a change to their business model. And I wanted to kind of dig into some of the changes that are the most interesting to to both of us. Um, one of the things that Castro, everybody was asking for when Castro uh, 2 was introduced was uh, Overcast-like features, like in being able with what Marco in Overcast calls voice boost and smart speed, right? So the ability to take voices and put some equalizing on them to make them louder or to make them more consistent, and then also to reduce the silence in speech. So you're not listening to a show at 1.5x constantly, but when there's silences, it kind of speeds it up and reduces some of those silences. So you can listen to more shows, right? It's kind of a way to do it. And, and I've been using those effects in Overcast since they came out. And now I think any podcast app in our community that gets introduced, that's what everybody wants, those two features. Um, So Castro has implemented those now. And I would say that on the whole, they've done a a pretty good job. Um, From a UI perspective, something I really like is that you can see how much time you've saved per episode of a show. They don't have a way like in Overcast right now to see how much time you've saved in aggregate, and I hope they can add that. But I really like this just so you can see, oh, I saved like 35 seconds or something. Like I think that's kind of, there's something kind of fun about that to see that ticking up as the show's going through. Yeah. And I would say that to my ears, and I have no idea about this, uh, it feels a little bit more aggressive than Overcast, but it does the job. But to be honest, I don't know if it's more aggressive, honestly. It just sounds a little different, and that's how I'm interpreting different to be. And it's just because I'm used to the way Overcast does it. Like, I have not done any... Uh, serious analysis to see who is better and how much better each app is than one another. It just sounds different, and I'm used to Overcast, so I and I think it sounds a little better, but I I can't tell you that for sure. And I think this is something that's going to be different for different people, but it 100% does the job, like 100%. Would you agree with that? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I think it got a lot of better the trim silence feature uh during the betas mm-hmm. so it was kind of rough in the first beta of Castro, Castro 3 but then i th- i think it's actually re- really good now and i it's too bad that that you don't have like a single um total for the amount of minutes or hours that you save with trim silence overcast has this feature in the settings so it's only on a per episode basis but i agree it's um you know, if if there's a difference with Overcast, I think of all the apps that uh, implemented the feature, this is the closest it's ever been to matching the quality of Overcast. Um, they also added chapter support, which I like. I think they implemented it pretty well. Um, they they yeah. did it. I like the design of the way everything looks. I would say that initially it's tricky to work out where the chapters are and you have to like tap on the chapter's title name to bring up the list. But once you've learned that, I like the way it all looks. I like the way it's presented in the full screen view, and then you can just check what you want. Um, this is a chapter support and the silent stuff, and uh, there's like things like um, 
as a dark mode and per podcast settings. These are all part of Castro Plus, which is the paid subscription model, which I'll get to in a minute. But that you know, if you're if you try the app and you're not seeing these features, that's why. And I think they have a trial as well, so you can try them all out. Um, I like the implementation of it. I really like that they. Uh, go with custom artwork because I like to do that sometimes so you can have custom artwork pop up if you you can change the chapter art and stuff like that um, and this kind of lends into this the general design of Castro it is so beautiful like it is my favorite design of any iOS podcast app I love the way this looks the animations just the general look and feel of the app is so so nice um, I, I wished that their dark mode took advantage of the OLED screen more um, because I, that's one of my favorite features of Overcast. I love just the app, like the true black in the in the um, in the dark mode, and they have it in places like the player bar. But honestly, I would like to see that a little like reversed. Like I would like the majority of the UI to be in all black, but that's just a that's just a preference of my own. Um, but just the general design is so good. The, the way they use haptics is so good. Their drag and drop is wonderful. Like super top, the company behind this. Yeah. They've always done a great job of design and they were like really ahead of the curve in a lot of ways with the original Castro. Like it, mm-hmm. and even and they have been here too. I mean, like when Drag and Drop came out, their initial implementation of it was was excellent. Um and now like they, they there isn't really anything here where I think they have the ability to be like groundbreakingly different to anyone else right like I, I don't think that there's anything like right now which would allow them to do that but i'm confident that like if something is announced at, at wwdc from a design perspective like some new ui interaction or whatever they will find an interesting and novel way to implement it because that's what they do an incredible job at yeah i love the way that it looks i love the way that it works uh, the way that it feels with the haptics it's such a beautiful app and um yeah with the new stuff honestly I'm using the Apple Podcasts app now because of the HomePod and Siri. But if there's ever, you know, an audio domain for Siri, so you can ask the HomePod to use Castro and, uh, you know, uh, ask on the iPhone to use Castro instead of podcasts, um, I would seriously consider using this as my full-time app because it looks so beautiful and the triage system totally works for my brain. Um, and the drag and drop on the iPhone is glorious. So yeah, it's a beautiful piece of software and the business model makes sense to me because a podcast client is something that you use on a regular basis. And these are, you know, these are good people and you should support them and you should download and try Castro because it's an excellent, excellent update. Yeah, that that triage system was introduced in Castro too. And it's the idea that you have your inbox which is all of your shows all of the and then kind of like everything that's unheard and then you add them to your queue so this is the stuff you're actually going to listen to i love this so much like that i implemented this system in overcast so i have two playlists one is all and one is my queue and that's how i do it i triage what comes in and then add them to my queue and and i run my my i run overcast that way and i would say that for me right now probably the 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 main reason that i am not using castro is they have no ipad app like that i use overcast on my ipad a lot and i do hope that their new business model will give them the resources required to allow them to work on an ipad app like i would like that a lot um 
their their new their business model they have it's a paid subscription you can pay 2.99 per quarter or 8.99 per year i think that that is perfectly reasonable in both cases so like you know i would have to play around with this a lot more before i would decide to make the change because i will tell you like overcast is in my top three favorite ios apps of all time so like i i wouldn't want to be completely just taken away by the whiz bang of of castro that i would move like it would still take me a lot of time to make that decision but basically like i can't and won't make that decision personally until there's an ipad app but i know i'm in a real minority with that and this is because i listen to podcasts a lot at home because i am a home worker so i usually have my ipad with me and my ipad has better speakers than my iphone so i listen on my ipad so that makes me in the minority i think that they have allocated their resources so far correctly in like ensuring their iphone app is perfect but i you know i would want to I would want to have it on all my devices before I personally consider it. But if you are someone who only uses an iPhone for your your you like one one device or whatever, then I would I would recommend looking at um, Castro and trying out the free trial because they have done an excellent job here. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, apps like Overcast and Pocket Casts respond to this because i think castro are making some waves rightly i think they've made maybe a bigger impact with castro 3 than they did with castro 2 i hope um it seems like i'm seeing a lot more about it now anyway especially because they've added a bunch of features that people wanted so i i genuinely hope that this is uh, a good thing for them because uh padraig and oshin the the two guys behind super top are, are really great guys and i hope that this enables them to continue developing this app and, and other projects in the future because they they more than deserve it yeah all right yeah. if you want to catch our show notes for this week head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 194 i want to thank ButcherBox and pdf pen 10 from smile for their support of this show you should 100 percent uh, make sure you have read federico's incredible article called second life there is a link in the show notes there but you can find it at maxstories.net which is where federico's work goes um, and federico has an amazing team of people around him that are producing incredible content like I've linked today to two reviews, a review of Spark and a review of Castro, uh, both written um, by uh, by people at Max Stories, who are John and Ryan. Uh, I will say that the uh, I think that some of the images in the Castro um, review are incredibly beautiful, uh, really just excellent, excellent image work. No particular reason why I would say this, but I just <laughs> think that in general, Ryan mm-hmm. did a great job of his screenshots. Uh-huh. Yes, great taste. Really great, great taste, great, great taste for the screenshots. <laughs> uh, I am at iMike on Twitter, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, we will all be back together next week for our very important episode. Um, hopefully, Stephen will have decided on what jacket he wants by then. Um, so so he'll be back too. But thanks so much for listening. Uh, until next time, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. Talio, cheerio, toodle pip or something. I don't know. What do I say? Adios. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs>